Welcome to another episode of Sales with Aslan. I'm your host, Tom Stanfill, and I'm here with my trusty sidekick, the best co-host in the podcast business, and I think the most liked co-host in the podcast business, Mr. Tab Norris. Well, you know what? I just downgraded you from doctor to tab. To I, know. Mr. Tab I know, which I am grateful for, by the way. I just, I, it's way too much pressure. People are like stopping me, asking me like questions about, you know, like, like, like skin like irritation. Call. You know, they'll have a skin irritation. They just pull me aside and they want to know my opinion. And I'm like, I really don't know. I'm a doctor of sales. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Tom. It's always a pleasure to be here. I always get my my uh, fill of laughter when we uh, when we're on a podcast. That one got me. I love that. <laughs> hey, hey, I heard you're a doctor. <laughs> do you know what this is? I always do find that funny on social situations yeah. where there's a doctor in the room. I always like, no matter what they are, I always try to pick the most inappropriate subject and ask them a question about, hey, uh, while you're here, could you look at this mole? <laughs> I was hoping to get another glass of wine. But, uh, <laughs> but sure, I'd love to do that. I'm never uh, serious, but I always just want to see their reaction because you know everybody asks them. Questions. Oh, yeah. Hey, so you could save me maybe a couple hundred bucks in a copay. Can I ask you a couple of questions? <laughs> so are we talking about that today, Tom? Is that kind of our topic? <laughs> No, this is not on topic. Okay. What we're talking about right now is not the focus. The focus of this podcast is to introduce the world. This is Chris White's coming out party. He is coming awesome. out. He, he, everybody needs to know who Chris White is. And they actually, a lot more people know who he is than they probably know who we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I like how you did that. Like we so, made yeah. you kind of put us a little bit higher. I put but... us a little like we're helping him out, but actually he's helping us out being on our podcast because he's got a hot best-selling book that we're going to talk about today, but I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Chris White has joined us today. Chris, say hi to our, our large and vast podcast audience. I will gladly say hello to both you and the listeners. I, I'm an avid listener of Sales with Aslan myself, and it's an absolute delight to, to have the opportunity to join you guys. So very, very happy to be here. Very excited about having you on the show, my friend. But let, let's, give the, let's give the audience a little bit more intel on Chris. What I love about Chris is he's got he's got experience in all the important categories. He started off on the front lines. He was a consultant. He was a, a solutions architect. Then he moved into sales and marketing leadership. He did that for about, oh, I don't know, 10 plus years. He was in the front line for 15 plus years. And then starting what, about 17, 2017, 18, you became an entrepreneur and joined our partners and and launched that business which i know we i remember talking to you about that in san francisco many years ago and i'm like yeah we would, we would love to have you as part of our organization so yeah Tab, you obviously work with chris so what what other yeah. highlights you want to provide about uh, mr white yeah well i mean he's he really is a superhero tom i mean oh. like you said he he swooped in said i want to do this thing he became one of our um, aslan uh, certified resellers mm -hmm. call them acrs mm -hmm. and they're all smarter he, than we are we always try to find people all, always smarter than we are that's it that's a principle mm -hmm. but uh anyway he, he came in he had a plan and he has crushed it i mean seriously from the beginning he's he came in and um and had <laughs> success from the very beginning and uh and and that speaks very highly of you and it's just been fun to watch you kind of grow and expand your business and you know bring bigger and bigger and better customers and and i always learn from you every time we spend time together i learn mm -hmm. from you so wow. i think 
That's very nice of you to say, Tavin. By the way, guys, I mean, I, I've got to give both of you a tremendous amount of credit. And, and I'm, I'm just going to make, you know, a, an unashamed plug for Aslan. I mean, the truth, and I know you both love talking about <laughs> the truth. The truth is, is some of the things, many of the things that I've learned in going through the Aslan OCS program myself is what has helped me be successful in this new role as an entrepreneur, as, you, as both of you know, as an entrepreneur, you're you're sort of everything. But one of right. those things is a salesperson. Right. right. Yeah, you're and doing it all now. Well. You're doing it all. <laughs> I, I tell the people that I run the workshop. I said, folks, I have two jobs. I run workshops and I sell. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I and I have to say, when when I have embraced the other centered approach, that made all the difference in the world for me. So I have to thank both of you for what you have done, not only for me, but for all the folks that you've worked with. So well, thank you, my awesome. friend. Thank, thank you, you friend. Chris. Well, um, I'm also a little mad at you, by the way. <laughs> I, do have, I don't know if this is a good time for me to unpack this Oof. but i was looking at our books that are on the market chris has got a new book out called the six habits of highly effective sales engineers and i knew he was smart i knew he was a good writer but i didn't think he'd sell more books than me <laughs> <laughs> and so so i was looking at i was looking at the performance of my book and i was at 17 and guess who was at 16 i don't even know Mr. Chris, Chris White. Yeah, Chris White was at 16. And then I looked again today and he's at number 12. <laughs> and you were at 22? Is that? I that don't how? want to talk about it. This okay, is about okay. Chris. Okay. We're about Chris today. <laughs> it's all about Chris. No, That's man, awesome. I'm really excited. Your your book is doing super well. I know you your book's been out. When did when actually did it hit? The so, I, so I actually published in June of 2019. So if you can believe oh, it, wow. it'll, be, it'll be three years. I, I know. It's funny. I was talking to somebody. I, in fact, wow, just, that's a, hard just an to hour believe. ago. And she said, she said, yeah, she said, it, she said, I read your book. It's been a couple of years. And I, and it, I found myself thinking, oh, my gosh, like somebody's telling me that they read my book a couple of years ago. So, yeah, the, 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 it'll be the, the three year anniversary is June 21st. Mm. Um, happens to be my, my, my father's birthday and, oh, and he wow. passed about four years ago. So, you know, that was sort of, you know, and I, he, he was who I, you know, partially you dedicated, dedicated the, the book, book to. to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just been, it's just been a tremendous ride. Um, I, I am honestly to this day, just blown away by the, by the success of it and, and humbled by it. And, it's it's just been a it's just been a great experience. Well, and, sure. and not, not unlike you, you know, I know you. It took you a long time to write the book, but I know that feel. You know, I know you have that feeling of satisfaction yeah. that it at least it it's it's done and it's done. out there, right? Well, you did a great job. I, I really yeah. enjoyed reading it. I mean, seriously, you're a good writer. So keep Thank doing you, it. We need more books from you. <laughs> yes, um, more it's books. in the works. Yeah. So so let's talk about. I think I think we all in our roles, whether we're leaders. Uh, sellers. I mean, anybody that has a stand on a platform or uh, deliver a PowerPoint presentation or talk to a small group can can leverage what you uh, talk about in the book. So uh, give us a little bit of a background on why did you write the book? And then let's talk about kind of what the, the, the big, uh, I guess, the main concepts in the book. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, the, the title is the six habits of highly effective sales engineers, but for, for the listening audience, the truth is, is, is the title could have been something to the effect of don't let your technical expertise or your expertise get mm. in the way of an effective presentation, right? Uh -huh, or don't right, let right. your expertise get in the way of engaging with your audience, right? Uh, right. And, yeah. and, and so many of us, who enter the sales engineer profession, we come from a technical background, right? Yeah. We come from a, a background of expertise. And so when we have, and when we're given the opportunity to speak, present, demonstrate, we get so wrapped up in our own heads, right? Mm -hmm. We give the, the PhD version to, you know, a room of first graders. Right, <laughs> right. right? And, and the message, the message is completely lost. And, mm -hmm. you know, you, you asked, why did I write the book? And, and you mentioned this in my background. I was 15 years into an IT consulting career before I made the switch to sales. Mm -hmm. and, and guys, I thought I was going to be brilliant in this pre-sales role because I can move a mouse and talk at the same time. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. I mean, that's impressive. Wow. And, and, and I, I thought, you know, I thought all I needed to do was be an expert and be good in front of an audience. I learned right. very quickly that there's a lot more to being successful in this role than just being good in front of yeah. an audience. And frankly, and I, and I wrote about this in the book, I thought sales was below me, right? Yeah. Like I'm not yeah. a salesperson, right? right. I'm an educate, right. I'm an enterprise architect, not, right? Yeah. I'm not um, a peddler of products. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And look, guys, I made some mistakes early in this in, in this part of my career. I, I took some lumps and I figured it out and I discovered there was a pattern of behavior that when I followed produced re repeatable results. And interestingly enough, I took over a team of pre-sales consultants about five years into that part of mm -hmm. my career, discovered that many of them were making the same mistakes. And I created some trend. This was in 2010. I created some training and, and that original version of the training evolved over about nine years and, mm. and became the six habits that I wrote about. So wow. that, that's sort of that's the kind genesis. of where it came so from. I'll pause there for okay. a moment. Yeah, well, I love great. what you said about, um, uh, Tab, I'll let you jump in a second, but I know I love what you said about, um, don't let your technical expertise get in the way of, of your sale or exactly how exactly how you said it, but basically the, the villain in the story is knowledge you know too much. And I think that's true for all of us. I mean, because oh, yeah. I remember being in a workshop um, where was, I was part of my development and getting better at what I do. And the, the presenter talked about, it. said, there's a, there's a scale of knowledge from one to 10. Mm. I said, so let's say you're at the nine level, right? Where we typically start when we have a conversation is at the seven level. <laughs> said, but you need to start at two right? and then <laughs> yeah. be able to start from. And I tell you, that's a struggle because the more, you know, the harder it is to take the trip or I should say, discover what's important to them. It's harder yeah. to listen. It's harder to hear things fresh. It's yeah. harder to back up. So that I think this yeah. is great. Well, and the irony is that I think a lot of times we do, we do that because we think that's what the audience wants. And we think uh, to ourselves, well, I'm just trying to give them as much as I can, right? right? The reality and, and, you know, sort of talking about this notion of other centered, the reality is more times than not, that's actually self-centered mm -hmm. because we're trying to demonstrate how smart we are. 
yeah, right? Yeah. And we're mm -hmm. trying to show them, you know, how intelligent, as opposed to just feeding, you know, one of my favorite sayings, feed them what they're hungry for. Oh, yeah. Okay? So what is it that they're hungry for? Well, you don't know that until you've taken some time to do some discovery. So that's really sort of, and now, and then it becomes, well, what are the techniques? What are, mm -hmm. what are the habits? What are those patterns of behavior mm -hmm. that yeah. put us in the right frame of mind and give us the ability to execute? That's awesome. awesome. Well, yeah. So why don't you tell us, I mean, give us the six habits, you know, what are these six habits? You talk about Chris. Or are you going to make us? Are you going to make us all buy the book? These six habits. Yeah. You, speak of. you could save us. So, so I'm going to fifteen dollars. You could save fifteen dollars right now, and then you could just kind <laughs> of. So, so interestingly enough, by the way, I did this even in the book, right? You know, one of the things, that, one of the one of the you know sort of best practices is lead with the outcome, right? So, yeah. I think mm -hmm. in the first page of the book, I said, "Here are the six habits. If right. you're good and you don't need anything else, you can close the book and and, and save yourself some time." Right. Yeah. The, the six habits are as follows. For, the first is to partner with your sales counterpart. Most, many sales engineers are paired with account executives, sales reps, BDRs, and, and the foundation of our success is the effectiveness of our partnership with, uh -huh. with our sales counterparts. I, I like to say that sales is a team sport. And there's some very specific mm -hmm. things that, that we need to do. And, and here's the interesting thing, guys. We've talked about this, I think, is many of the skills that, that create an effective partnership with our sales counterparts are the same skills that create good relationships with our customers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. right. So that's, that's the foundation. Mm -hmm. Habit number two is what I refer to as probe, and, and this is technical discovery. I mm -hmm. learned very early on that I couldn't just airdrop into a, a meeting sight unseen. And by the way, I, at first I thought I could, right? My ego was big enough that, you know, just, just put me in front of the customer and I got it, right? Yeah. Well, until I didn't. And right. I realized that <laughs> I had to do some discovery of my own. So probe is all around technical discovery. Habit number three is to prepare mm -hmm. for okay. meetings and demonstrations with effectiveness and efficiency mm -hmm. in mind. One of the mistakes that we make, you guys, I think, I think you talked about this in, with one of your recent guests, uh, Kelly Talamo, right? We tend to over-prepare. We have a 30-minute yeah. presentation. We, we show up with 75 slides. Uh, right, right, <laughs> right, right. And, and what do we do if we've prepared the slides? We show them. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like yeah. whether you want to see them or not. Hey, I you know put these slides together and you're going to listen. You're going you're gonna to go through every single one of these slides. That's great. You're going to like it. Yeah. Bingo. Because I yeah. worked hard on these bloody things, right? Yes. Habit number four is arguably the easiest in theory, but the most difficult sometimes in practice, pun intended. Habit yeah. number four is to practice. Mm -hmm. yeah. one, of the, one of the things that, that I discovered about myself is I would work hard to prepare. I wouldn't leave time to practice. Uh -huh. And then I'd get in front of the customer and there was a, 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 an error or a mistake waiting for me behind the next click that would have taken me two seconds to find and five seconds to fix yeah. had I just clicked through, right? Yeah, and, right. And I, yeah. I still do this today. Before I present, I click through. Dress rehearsal. I, I, just, just click every click. There's, yeah. two more, there's two more habits and then I'll come up for air. Okay. Habit number five is to perform. Mm -hmm. at, at the end of the day, regardless of everything that we've done, 
but before the meeting, at some point, the spotlight shines on us. And I do believe that there's very specific things we need to say, show, and do, quote, in order to get the technical win, or at least to achieve the, the purpose of the presentation right. and demo. And, and certainly, we can elaborate on that. And then habit number six is to perfect. And it's, mm -hmm. it's just this, this notion, it's really the principle of continuous improvement. So anyway, mm -hmm. so you know, oh, if, if you want to just save everyone some time and wrap it up and wrap it up now. There, All right, there so there's go. the book. Thanks for there joining us, Chris. And we're just going to wrap it. up a little early today. So thank <laughs> you. I appreciate that. That's that's easy. We'll just yeah, do that. Yeah, I there's a lot lingering up underneath each of those. You know, you can tell, and uh, and, and you know, like you think about the selling environment we're in right now. Mm. Um, is and this may be I don't know if this is a good question or not, but do you see which ones are most critical? I know they're all important, but are do you see that one or two are like the most critical in where we are right now? Really good question. Um, and in fact, it's it is interesting. Tab, as I mentioned a moment ago, I wrote I published the book less than a year before the right. world shut down from COVID. Did you know that was going to happen? Did you? Know <laughs> I, because that I knew. Really because I knew I that know, was coming. I didn't know. He didn't. Right. I'm going to get this book out. This is all yeah. ending in like seven the days. The pandemic's coming, and I got to get this out. Right. Because I knew that was coming, I wrote. No, I mean literally in the book, I talk about walking into the room. Right. Mm -hmm. I talk about the the right. The, 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 the right. So so the inch, the, the irony is that there are things that I'd like to change. But Tab, to get to your to, to answer your question, I think maybe even more so now in COVID, I, I'm going to submit that habit number one, the, the, the partnership with sales, yeah. the partnership with your teammates. That's the foundation. I'm not sure that's the most critical, but I'm going to submit that's the foundation. That's interesting. Yeah. Sales is a team sport, particularly yeah. if, if, you know, we, in, in, in particularly enterprise B2B software sales, we, we call it the four-legged sales call, right? You have an mm -hmm. AE and, and, and an SE working together. The AE is only as effective as the, his or her technical counterpart presenting solutions, Right. But the SE is only as effective as the information, the collaboration, the coordination. So all the other habits really build upon that partnership. So that's that's really the foundation. Yeah, that's the key. Okay. Well, and you think about see, I'm sorry, Tom, I, I'll, no, I just wanted to follow up on no, this. The the uh, we have a lot of listeners that are in this role and and mm -hmm. whether they're the, the SE or the AE, right? And and I, I just sit here and go, isn't this great for the account? you know, the sale quote salesperson needs to be hearing this. And it sounds like it's the same truth, right? It works either way, whether you're on the engineering side or the sales side. It's, it's such a powerful comment. In fact, I'm inclined to double click on it in, in this regard. And I think you guys know this. When I first launched the business, the business was called Demo Doctor. But then last year, you know, my largest client. So he's a doctor too, Tad. He there, is, but he's no skin that, doctor. I, I, admit, skin doctor. <laughs> I haven't had anybody ask me about skin irritation. <laughs> so I, I've, I've, so you guys want to, you guys just hang out. I'll just, <laughs> I, I've avoided that one. But, but this client asked me to run workshops for their entire sales organization. And they wanted AEs and SEs to participate together. Yeah. And, and at that moment, I, I, it, it occurred to me that AEs are not, account executives are not going to be excited about attending a, a, a training program right. with some organization called Demo Doctor. So that's, <laughs> literally, so that's why I changed it to tech sales advisors. That's, and we literally 
run, we run sales training programs for AEs and SEs together. Yeah. And they're, they're just wired differently. You know, one of the mm -hmm. things I like to say is, you know, what does an account executive fear the most in the context of a deal? Losing the deal as he or she should. I mean, that, that's, mm -hmm. you know, it's their livelihood. What does a sales engineer worry about? What, what, do they, what do they fear most in the context of a deal? Losing credibility. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Totally yeah. different level. And when, to your point, Tab, when a, I've literally had AEs hear that part of the workshop and say, oh my gosh, I've never thought about it that way, right? Yeah. I, I, need yeah. to, I need to change the way I think. So your point is really well taken. The more we understand each other, the more we develop empathy for one another. Honestly, the, the better we're going to be as a team. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wanted to, I also want to apply this concept to, and I really haven't thought about this before, Chris, you just said that, but to people that aren't working with a sales engineer, like I see this all the time in our organization where we're, we've got an opportunity. We have to make this critical strategic presentation. And what we do is we meet as a team and we decide the roles, not based on rank, but based on who's best at fulfilling the role. So sometimes Mark Lampson, who's a key, who's one of the, the co-owners and key leaders in the company, he's maybe best to lead. Sometimes it's John Sequera, it might be Jenna, it might be Tab, it might be me. It's all based on who's best at serving the role. So there's this interdependent relationship. So I love that idea. So even if there's not a sales engineer, we need to think about who's best equipped to serve the client and then, mm. and then define the role that way, not it's my deal I should present. Exactly. Well, and we sell deals together. It's right. not just engineered. Everybody, you know, you think about any organization, you're bringing other people in. It happens all the time. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's yeah, good. I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I then, wanna, and go, go ahead. ahead. No, no go ahead, Tom. I, well, I, I want to dive into prepare, not prepare. Um, sorry. I want to dive into perform. There's all these P's. I want to dive into perform. Uh, but before that, I did want to, I wanted to ask you a question about prepare, but what did anything you were going to say? Well, I was going to go back to, to Tab's question about what do I think is the most critical. Mm -hmm. And, and I mentioned that the partnership I think is foundational, but, but I'll submit that it's, ha I believe it's habit number two. And I, and I, and I, and I, which is to pro, which is all around discovery. And I know you certainly you, you all talk about discovery a lot in, in your programs. And in fact, I think I, I put this in the book. It may be one of the most important things we do in, in our role. And I think a lot of us, a lot of people that enter this particular profession, frankly, right. even sales, right? We, we, we get so focused on the message, right? right. We get yeah. so focused on what we want to say, what we have to say. And it, it, there's, there's a, you know, it's sort of an old cliche. There's a reason we have two ears and one mouth, right? But it's so critical. I think, particularly now, Tab, to, to your point, mm -hmm. we need to, to put our agenda second and we need to focus on the customer. And, and if there's anything, and if there's anything I would change about the way I wrote the book, I talk about discovery more as a discovery call. And, and I've, I've come to really know that discovery mm. is a process, right? Yeah, discovery right. never ends. There should be some level of discovery in the beginning of every conversation, right? Mm. So to me, if, if I had to pick the single most critical habit, it's, it's constantly developing and working on that yeah. habit of discovery. 
Yeah. Boy, I so agree with that. I think not only does it lead to having the right, accurate information that's relevant to the listener, which you said, feed them what they're hungry. It also magically changes the temperature in the room when people feel heard, when, when people really, because a lot of times we listen, but it's, it's the other person doesn't know we're listening. It's like, we're taking in the information and then jumping into what we want to say. But if you really know how to do that well, they become very receptive to the message that follows. Exactly. I think exactly. what I want to get your take on of a thought I had about what my belief about the probing piece of the discovery is, I think what happens is that people are listening for the information needed to say what they want to say. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of, they are listening like, like, okay, I heard that you said blah, 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 but I'm kind of, I'm trying to, I got these things I want to say. I got my 75 slides and I want to hear, I'm looking for a soundbite to connect to my 75 slides versus listen as if I've never heard anything before. Like I'm, I'm starting over. I know I've met with 200 people in your role and I've talked about this 200 times, but you're unique. I'm going to start over. Yep. And then I'm going, to, I'm going to go back to my slides and I'm going to figure out what I need to then present and what I'm going to say uniquely to them, which ultimately drives what prepare is all about, which is building a new narrative and building a new deck based on this fresh discovery. Do you feel like that's kind of the main gap in probe? If it's not it's, disagree with me anyway, please. it's, it's, it's certainly one, one of the big ones. I think, you know, when, when we think about the, the account executive, the, the sales rep, we, we like to use the term happy ears, right? They, they have happy ears uh, okay, and happy they're, ears. they're, they're just looking to hear the one thing. Mm -hmm. The truth is sales engineers, the, the technical sales counterpart that, that we have quote unquote happy ears as well, but it's sort of like techie ears, right? Like we're just looking for the one or two things that we can sort of attach our solution to, right? Mm -hmm. And in fact, one of the mistakes that we make in discovery, particularly the expert, as soon as we hear the one or two things that, that we can address, we want to pounce on it like a tiger. Oh my goodness. Let yeah. me tell you all about, right? Right. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. So slow down. Right. Like we're going to get the opportunity to present our solution. I, you know, we like to, at Aslan, we like to talk about this notion of taking the trip, like, like let's probe a little bit deeper, right? Yeah. Like let's make sure we have the, the, the full story. The, the other thing that I think is worth our listeners hearing is, is I think, I think understanding the, the roles of the account executive and the technical counterpart in the context of discovery, I refer to a, a definition of IQ that I heard a number of years ago. And allow me to allow me to explain. Yeah, I think I think one or both of you are golfers. Am, am I correct about that? We both are. Tom's a good golfer. I'm not a good golfer, but we both love golf. Okay, we both lose golf balls, but not as many as we used to. Yes. So so then this is so you're the perfect example. Then I'm not a golfer. I just, I'm just not a golfer. Okay. I knew it. Tab. I knew it. He's, is, yeah. is it, is it, demo doctor. would you say it's fair to say that Tom has a higher golf IQ than me? Right. Yes. And probably both of you do, but tab, I, I'm going to submit that Tom probably has maybe even a higher golf IQ. What does that really mean? He has the ability to make finer distinctions about the game of golf. Mm -hmm. Tom can watch a golf game. And you and I can be seeing, looking at the same game tab. Yep. Tom sees things that we don't see. Yep. 
He can make finer distinction. The sales engineer's role in discovery is making finer distinctions about what the customer's trying to do, mm -hmm. making finer distinctions about how best to position the solution. Mm -hmm. That's out because they have a higher technical IQ or a higher product IQ. I, I think if we understand that, we can collaborate more effectively as sales, sales professional and sales engineer. Does that resonate, guys? Yeah, it does. Yeah, well, and it's what I really love about it is remember in the beginning you said foundationally the tendency for the salesperson they're just trying to jump on for the solution right they don't want to lose the deal they want to win Te they want to win the technical wants to show credibility what's the sex our happy years around those two things right that's what exactly. we're battling both sides are battling the same yeah the that, same how thing. did you say that again chris the 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 a i love that the a's goal is to win the technical person's goal. So, is so I'm glad you asked. So, and, 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 and as you guys know, I mean, words are so important. What do we fear the most fear in the context That's of it. a deal, okay. right? Yeah. AEs losing the deal as they should. SEs losing credibility, okay, right? Again, don't get me wrong. I want to close the deal as much as, much as anyone, but this is my reputation that's on the line, right? Yeah. Totally different level. When we understand that about each other, now we can better communicate, right? We can better collaborate. That's so, that's worth exactly. the podcast. I think that's worth the podcast. I mean, I don't know what we charge now. I yeah, we charge you now, but I think mm. that's worth it. That's a takeaway right there. That's I love awesome. that because if we're working with our team, it's a, it's a, it goes back to if we're selling as a team. First of all, we need to land on our our united goal. What is our united goal, which obviously always needs to be about serving the customer. Absolutely. Now we look back at our roles and we need to understand what each other's goals are and what, how we play our roles. So I think that's so great to understand that. It helps us work more interdependent. Um, that's, that's amazing. Yep. Uh, I would love to double click on the, the, um, the perform uh, habit, which is now we're, we're basically making the, the, we're making the presentation. Yeah. What do most, what mistakes do most people make when they're delivering or performing when they're actually in the, the presentation demo um, meeting where they're, again, they're, they're saying, this is what we offer. Yeah. How, how, yeah. Whatever role, you know, the listener may be in, but it's time it's, it's, they got the mic. <laughs> it's time to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, to answer that question in full, frankly, is, is an entire podcast in and of itself. But I'll, I'll open with this. It, it, it's, it's a saying I, I picked up a number of years ago and, and I love using it. And it's, you know, we like to use the disruptive truth. Here's the right. disruptive truth. The problem with your product demonstration mm -hmm. is it's all about your product. <laughs> I love that. The problem, right? Yeah, and and, I'm writing, and I think, I'm writing that down. <laughs> That's good. I'm going to use right. that at dinner tonight. I don't know if anybody's doing it's in the role of sales or sales. Well, and I'll I'll, I'll 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 drop another one of my favorites. And Lord knows I've got plenty of these. And I think you guys have heard me say this before. He or she who buys a shovel doesn't want a shovel. Mm -hmm. They want a hole. Yeah, mm -hmm. but they yeah. don't just want a hole. They want a fence or a tree but they don't just want a fence or a tree. They want privacy mm -hmm. or shade or fruit or flowers. Mm -hmm. Yet we show up with the shiny shovel and we want to talk about the blade and the handle and every, you know, how wonderfully made it is. And the truth is most people don't actually care all that much about the shovel. Yeah. And those who do 
oftentimes don't have the budget. Right. Right. Yeah. So, Tom, coming back to your question, what's the biggest mistake? I think the biggest mistake is we focus too much on the product. We focus yeah. too much on on us, our stuff, our features, our functions, and not enough on the customer. You know, one of the things that we like to talk about at, at Aslan and, and in our programs is lead with the decision makers whiteboard. Mm-hmm. That's now something that I use with the sales engineers. I, I, I you know, I say. When you're entering the meeting, do you understand what's on the decision maker's whiteboard? And, right. and is your demonstration about, is it addressing what's on their whiteboard? So I'll, I'll, I'll pause there, Tom. That's that's the first thing that comes to mind for me. I think that is dead on. I, and I actually yep. go back to where you solve that problem is prepare. So let's just assume they probed effectively, mm-hmm. right? And they have the information and they know how to triage with all the things you're going to say or all the things are going to present because they've, they've been effective at probing and discovering and figuring out what's important. So, and by the way, when, when we go into prepare, I, my rule of thumb, I'm interested to get to your comment on this is five minutes a slide. Mm. Right. So if I've got, you know, if I've got 30 minutes, you know, seven slides tops and some slides are just, a, it's a, it's orientation. It, I don't have to cover it, but if I'm going to dive into a slide a minimum of five minutes. So, so that's kind of in my prepare, but the biggest time suck for me when I'm preparing is to be able to describe the slide in the context of the customer based on their whiteboard. So I got to begin the sentence with, because you, right? right? Because you blah, 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 blah. I'm going to, let's talk about this or let's go to this slide. Right. And that's, that's hard. The prepare is where I have to figure all that out. Yeah. yeah. That's a great litmus test that I love is if you can't say because you, you really aren't prepared for this slide. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's just a great way to think about it. Well, and if I may, guys, it's interesting. Of of course, I'm well familiar with the the because you sort of model. There's sort of the, the, a, a similar litmus test, if I can use that term. Yep particularly for a sales engineer is what I call the so what test. Uh, What do I mean by the so what test? Our solution does this fancy little thing with these fancy buttons and, and whiz, whiz, you know, bells. Yep. So what? (laughs) Right. With with all, with, with the, with the most, you know, respect and, and, you know, uh, courtesy, I, I can muster sincerely, like, w- why is that important? Yeah. yeah. Right. And if you don't have a good answer for that, if you can't, if there's not a good answer to the, so what it doesn't belong in the demo. And if, yeah. and if you can, and, and ideally there, there are some good, so what yeah. lead with the, so what the reason this is important is mm-hmm. right. Yeah. That to me, that's how we align the demonstration with the, because you, Right. Yeah. As my as my sales counterpart, you know, Bob suggested, because you blank, our solution enables you to do X. And the reason that's important is right. I love it. I love that's it. the litmus yeah. test for a sales engineer. Yeah. 
I Tab, love that. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? I am. I'm really thinking what you're thinking because I'm sitting here going, I got like 12 more questions I want I can to talk ask to this you. guy for at least another 45 minutes. Yeah, me too. Well, I, I, I want to keep d double clicking into perform. I, I'm, um, you know, perfect. I have some questions. I know you probably do. Why don't I, I think we ought to maybe just make this a two part. Are you okay with that, Chris? It would be my pleasure, guys. We'll that pay would be for great. travel. We'll pay for travel. Yes. And, yes. Uh, and all entertainment, dinner. Good to travel, know. Did, didn't realize stuff. that was part of the contract, but yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Happy to all, take we that. pay for travel for all our virtual meetings. All the. <laughs> Excellent. Do, do I get paid? First by, class. It's, it's not by the mile, but it's by the step. But, you know, by, yeah. but I think it's 20 steps from yeah. here to my kitchen and back. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, right, I think that'd be great. Let's do it. Let's wrap here. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Sales with Adlin. And we're, uh, we're talking to Chris White, the author of seven, Six Habits, not seven. That's the second book, Six Habits of <laughs> Highly Effective Sales Engineers. And uh, we'll pick it up next week with part two. Mm -hmm.